So please open up your Bibles to Judges chapter 7. The title of this evening's message is 300. I know there's a movie titled 300. I asked them if I could perhaps use that. Uh, but it's a number, so I, then I realized I didn't have to... They, they don't have rights to the, the actual number, do they? No, not the number. <laughs> no, it's 300, and we know what God did. If you know the story, we know what God did with Gideon's 300, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, let me give you a little background as we go into this chapter. We know that the Midianites had been oppressing the Israelites over the course of seven years. Uh, really, in such amazing, uh, in such an amazing way, um, the great numbers of Midianites, Amalekites, and others from the east would come, uh, waiting for the for the fields to be ripe for the harvest. They would then come in, plunder the the harvest, uh, take away all their produce, and they would also uh, take and steal, rob them of all of their livestock. But after seven years, they apparently had enough, and they cried out to the Lord, and the Lord sent them a prophet. And this prophet wasn't there to deliver them from this oppression, but he was there to point something out very obvious, that the reason why they were going through this was because they were being disobedient to the very God, the Lord, that had delivered them from under Egyptian oppression, had done it in such a powerful way. It's the God that had brought them across the wilderness and into the promised land. It's this God that you're being disobedient to, and therefore you are being disciplined by He having given you over to the hands of the Midianites, the Amalekites, and those from the east to come and plunder you. But after he sent them this voice from heaven, this prophet, he sent them a deliverer by the the name of Gideon. Gideon had received three confirmations from the Lord uh, of the command that he had received from the Lord to deliver Israel from the hands of the Midianites. The Lord told him, it is by by you, I'm going to do it, but it's going to be through you that I'm going to deliver uh, the Israelites out of the hands of the Midianites. And he gave him three confirmations. And then Gideon gathered 32,000 men. He began to march and he sounded the trumpet, a call to arms. And the response to that call, as we saw last week, was that 32,000 men gathered to Gideon and were ready to do battle. And we now come to chapter 7 where Gideon's army is refined and defined by the Lord and Gideon defeats the Midianites. And we know that, but it's interesting how this all comes together. And perhaps this evening you're here and you need a word of encouragement. Oh, what God can do with small things. And sometimes too much is just too much for God to receive the glory. And he wants to also whittle down that which you have perhaps in your hand to prove that God can do. The impossible. Sometimes we need those reminders. I know I do from time to time. And an abundance gets in the way. That's interesting. In God's economy. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to commit this time into your hands. We ask, Lord, that you would give us understanding and that you would minister to our 
to our souls, to our spirits, Lord, that we would be encouraged, built up, Father, strengthened and reminded of your faithfulness. Lord, that sometimes when outwardly it seems like like things are breaking down and and we're not growing, we're, we're actually being depleted. It's in those moments, perhaps, that that we need to understand that you are still faithful, you are still trustworthy, and you desire for us to simply trust in you, to cling to you, and know that with you, nothing's impossible. And that you desire to show us just how big you are. And so, Lord, we commit this evening into your hands, Lord, this time of study, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, verse 1, chapter 7 says, then Jerubal, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him, rose early and encamped beside the spring of Herod. And the camp of Midian was north of them, by the hill of Moreh, in the valley. So let's stop for a moment. The day after the Lord had given Gideon the third and final confirmation up to this point. <laughs> he gave him this third and final confirmation that God would save Israel by his hand by having the Can you imagine? Okay, here's a fleece. Lord, make the fleece wet and the ground dry. Okay, great. How about one more time? Don't get upset. Please, I'm going to ask you for one more, one more thing. How about making the fleece dry and the, uh, and the ground wet? And he did that. The Lord did that. Just remember, remember that as we continue on through this chapter because God is patient with us. Even when we lack courage, when we lack faith, when we have just a little bit of faith, God can work with that. And He desires to do that. He desires to build up our faith, not break it down, not make us feel bad, not be a reproach to the little bit of faith that we have, but, but instead He wants to encourage us, encourage us and build us up. So, the Lord had done this for Gideon, And then all of the men had assembled to fight the Midianites. Well, they had assembled and they got up early in the morning and set up camp by the spring of Herod. The large Midianite army was just north of them in the valley of Jezreel. The terrain, I know because I've I've been there. We were there just a couple months ago. It's not difficult in that area. There are some hills. There are some valleys. There are some plains. um, But it's not very difficult terrain. But it is beautiful country. And so this is what we have. It's the, the, they're, they're setting up for a fight. And they've all come together. 32,000 Israelites. But just below them on the other side, we know that there are 135,000 Midianites. Verse 2 says, the Lord said to Gideon, the people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, my own hand has saved me. Now, therefore, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from the Mount Gilead. Then 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. Please understand that Gideon had been getting everything ready. Up to this point, everything that the Lord had told him to do, now he's doing, he's following through. 
He's receiving confirmations from the Lord. Just imagine this. I mean, perhaps you're playing something similar out in your own mind as far as what you've been doing faithfully with the Lord, just following His directions. You've been asking Him for confirmation. He's given you confirmation. Because that's what Gideon did. He was receiving confirmations from the Lord, assembling the men. He brought them all together, marching toward the enemy. Here we go, by faith, I'm stepping out. But then he hears the Lord. And it probably wasn't what he wanted to hear. The people with you are too many. (laughs) Too many? There's... There's 135,000 over there. 32,000 here. (laughs) He heard right. Gideon, you have too many. They may boast that it was their might that defeated the Midianites, and God wanted to make sure that there was no way that they could touch his glory. I love that. We shouldn't touch his glory. That's one of the things that we were reminded of many times over the course of the last three days, how it was that through the mouth of Pastor David Rosales and John Milhouse and, um, and Randy Walls, and how, how it is that Pastor Chuck Smith would always make sure that... See, we, we don't know about many things that, that took place behind the scenes, but he would always be a man that never wanted to touch the Lord's glory. He didn't want to. And we shouldn't. But with Gideon... The Lord wanted to make sure, listen, I I want you to understand who I am in your life. I I want you to see my power. I want to make sure that there's no way that man can take glory in this battle. There's no way. At the same time for me, I'm sorry, but humanly speaking, it makes sense. What just took place in the verses that we read... Because you don't want people who are fearful and trembling to go into battle with you. They are a liability. <laughs> it, it's when you bring in people to engage in battle that are fearful and trembling, it's amazing what people will do and not do when, when they're in that place emotionally. They can compromise the whole campaign, putting their lives, uh, other people's lives and their lives in danger and other people's lives in danger. And they're pretty much ensuring a defeat by the enemy. At the same time, do you think Gideon was surprised when 22,000 men got up and went home? I would have been. I would have probably been shocked. You know, I, I was thinking maybe a few thousand, maybe couple thousand, couple hundred, but 22,000? Why would they have answered the call to battle and then turned around because they were fearful? Why would you have come? You're coming into battle. Do you not know what you were called to? 32,000 men, and now you have 22,000 that are going back because they're, they're fearful, they're trembling. I think I have the answer. You see, when they left their homes, they left, it was cozy and warm. It was safe, right? And here they were answering the call. They were 
filled with, filled with courage at that time. Let's, let's do this. We can do this thing, right? And here they were marching, and they, they gathered together with the other men. And perhaps at that time they were even you know, filled with courage. And then they looked. Is that the enemy right there? What, what, what is that over there? Yeah, that's, Gideon says, that's, that's the enemy. So you look around, 32,000 men. You look across and you see 135,000. It's just not looking too good, right? For the men who had left their cozy homes to come to the field and be ready for battle, uh, a lot of them just weren't ready for what they were about to face. And just the very sight of the enemy struck fear in their hearts, and they ran away. The Lord says what he means and means what he says. In Zechariah 4, 6, it says, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We say it, but do we really believe it? You know, we, we oftentimes we have that re, re, um, really in, ingrained in our hearts and in our minds. We have this on the tips of our mouths. We recite it often, but do we really believe it? Do we believe that with God all things are possible, according to Matthew 19.26? Or do we believe in our resources available to us and not simply in God and His power? You see, sometimes we say that, but then we stress out. We're filled with such anxiety when we don't have the resources uh, to do what we believe we should, we should do or we should have to provide for us or whatever. We do. We're filled with anxiety. Why is that? Some of us have this memorized. Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And so when everything is good, we say that. Right? Of course, we don't trust in chariots and horses we we trust in the name of the lord but then when the testing comes that's when it's proved when the world and others say you can't consider that god is with you and you can remember this whether whether you are going through uh courses in school whether you're at work whether you're at home when the world says it's impossible. When, when, you're, when your marriage is to a point to where you just don't see how it's going to all work out. Remember that what the world says and what the enemy is saying is not truth. It's a lie. Because with God, all things are possible. God can restore and he can replenish what the locusts have eaten. Oh, it's amazing what he can do. A relationship with a child. A relationship with someone else. A financial situation. All of that. Don't listen to the world whisper to you. You need to listen to the Lord. Because with God, all things are possible. Even if the enemy, even if the situation seems so overwhelming, there's no way the odds are against me. 
Again, when the world and others say you can't, consider that God is with you and know that you can. So 22,000 scared men left, and now we have 10,000. Verse 4. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Take them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. And anyone of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, shall go with you. And anyone of whom I say to you, this one shall not go with you, shall not go. So so he brought the people down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set set by himself. Likewise, everyone who kneels down to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouths, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people knelt down to drink water. Let's stop there. Okay. So the Lord said, with 32,000 men, there's uh, too many. Okay, there's 10,000. Now the Lord speaks to Gideon one more time. Still too many. Still too many. Yeah, the Lord told Gideon that 10,000 to 135,000 were still too many. You might even, at that point, uh, boast that uh, you guys did it. Not, Not the Lord. So... You know, of course, I wanted to break this down, and you would see that 10 Israelites would fight against 135. So imagine 10 against 135. That's, that's pretty wild, right? Not impossible, though. Because when you do it right, 10? <laughs> it's amazing what 10 can do against 135 or against 335, against 500, against 10,000. Think about this. God is removing resources and not providing them for Gideon. Do you sometimes see this happening in your own life? (laughs) I should be growing. Lord, why are the resources dwindling? Right? Could it be that there are certain issues that God needs to show you that, that it's Him that is working? He's working the victory out and not you. He will get the glory. There's no one else that you can boast about except for the Lord and how it is that he brought you through this most difficult of time. Have you ever been in that, that kind of situation in the past? I, I have. We have. I've experienced those things. I, I stand here today telling you God is faithful. He will see you through those moments. He will not, not let you be crushed. Not at all. Removing the excess in his eyes to make sure it doesn't get in the way of showing you his hand at work. Just his hand. And so it was God that would show Gideon which ones to remove. This is where we're at right now. He, he didn't tell him anything at this point. He just knew that this is how you're going to separate two groups. This is how you're going to separate them. The others feared, but these would simply be chosen by the way they drank water from the spring. That would be the test. And God said that he would test them for Gideon. So he was. So the two groups. He watched them as they drank water from Gideon's spring. By the way, I think we have some pictures of the original men that were drinking out of the water here. If you want to put it up on the screen. These are old pictures, so I don't know how clear they'll be. Yeah. 
Those guys were doing it right. <laughs> no, it was, it was us here a couple months ago when we were there, Gideon Springs, and that's it right there. We have others. That you can go ahead and, yeah. It's just beautiful there. So you can get an idea. And then above, above this cave right here is a hill. So you can imagine the setting. Um, you have the hill and um, you have the spring running down and it runs down into the valley. Uh, the valley of Jezreel is just right there. So it's all beautiful. See, you see the hill right there. So it's the, the hills, a lot of the hills there are not, not very large. They're, some are like, I think mountains are considered like the size of box springs, things like that. But, but for the most part, um, they're, they're just, they're small hills. So that, that one there, that is the place where we have 10,000 people, um, being watched by Gideon as to how they drink water. The Lord separating them. And so here we have two groups, 9,700 men to one side and 300 to the other. If, if I were Gideon, I would be thinking, okay, cool, Lord, you refined them. 300 men set aside. They're the other men who are afraid and they're, they're going to go home, right? But no, there's a very good principle that, that we need to see here. It was not that. Verse 7. And the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hand and let all the others go, every man to his home. So the people took provisions in their hands and their trumpets, and he sent all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, but retained the 300 men. And the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. The ones who nailed down were 9,700, and only 300 cupped the water in their hands and brought it up to their mouths. So, if you would imagine for a moment with me, 9,700 of them, just simply, they, they weren't watchful. They just put their faces down in the water, knelt completely down, and were just... Uh, just lapping the water, um, it, it's a, there, there's a sound that dogs make when they're lapping water. And that's what the original word uh, is describing here. That's what they did. They had no care. But 300, well, they, uh, they brought the water up to their mouths. And, and there's a point here. There's a principle that we need to understand Because 9,700 were sent home. 300 were, they were given the provisions of all the others. And they gathered together, the 300 men. Oh, I love, I love, I truly am passionate about the mighty few. I, I love at this point to do ministry with the mighty few. Those who are completely devoted, committed, and are ready to go do whatever it takes. I love that. I learned that years ago while I served in the military, and and, and I apply it to today. Brothers and sisters, that's where uh, things happen. You know, there's a few people that gather together and do ministry. And it's wonderful when we get together where... 
uh, we're all of the same heart, of the same mind, of the same spirit. And we go do whatever it takes to proclaim the gospel to the lost. To disciple others, come what may. And we do it sacrificially. Oh, these 300 men, they gathered together. And there's an uncanny similarity to spiritual warfare in the ministry today. There are those that are fearful of the enemy because it is so overwhelming. I know of people that reject reject going through a study of Job because they think that perhaps they're going to be facing um, all kinds of issues. Just because you're going through the study of Job, it's not true. <laughs> you're better off going through the whole counsel of God's word. And Job is one of my favorite books. Oh, it's amazing. You go through that, oh, the things that you learned, the, the, uh, God's faithfulness and how it is that he teaches Job all the way through. His sovereignty, his love for him. There are those that are fearful of the enemy because it is so overwhelming. Just their appearance is too much for them. Just the appearance of the enemy. Like, oh, there's some confrontation there. There's something there that's overwhelming. I don't want anything to do with it. They vanish when simply given the option to continue or not. You know, sometimes, and this is, this is what we're faced with. You perhaps volunteer here or there. And then you realize some spiritual warfare. And then given the first opportunity, hey, listen, at this point, uh, if you're fearful, go home. Like, okay, no problem. I'll let someone else come in. And that's it. We're done. There are others who are all about themselves and not about others. There are those who are flippant about ministry and are never on guard or vigilant against the enemy and thus are no good to serve others, not over the long haul, because they don't really care for them spiritually. And these people are self-centered, not Jesus-centered and other-centered, to serve others and sacrificially serve others in a way that blesses the Lord. Well, pastor, that's not very nice of you. I understand that not everyone's there. But as we see this, it's a, it's a parallel. I, I want to tell you that I desire for more people to be part of the 300. In ministry, my desire is to show you there is nothing to fear when you have the Lord. To get you there, don't leave. <laughs> don't, don't get so offended that, you know, it's like, well, you know, I went into, you know, like the children's ministry for one, you know, six-month I didn't last through the whole thing, and I wanted to quit, and, and I haven't been back since, you know, because it was just too much for me. I had to sacrifice too much. Don't get upset with me. And, and don't, don't believe the enemy when he's telling you he's just offended you, and you should not, like, go and not come back. No, because you've got to know my heart, too. I'm just pointing these things out because it's true. Right? I don't want you to leave. I want you to grow in the Lord. I want you to know that He is trustworthy. I want you to be able to lean on Him. Not just in ministry here, being active in the church, but also in your home, 
When you're faced with difficult circumstances, situations in your work, in your family, with your friends, I don't want you to back down. I want you to do what glorifies the Lord. And so I want you to learn. I want you to grow. That's my heart. That's my desire. And sometimes it takes a word um, to reveal what's in our hearts in order to confess those things, agree with the Lord, and then repent, go in the other direction, and then experience God's faithfulness in your life. You just need that. I know I need that. So God whittled Gideon's army down. We had those who were fearful and those who weren't vigilant at all, looking for the enemy, standing guard at all times against the enemy, and it whittled down to 300. 300. That could hardly seem right but it was just as God had designed it to be. And it was his doing. Don't forget that. It was his doing. He had told Gideon with 32,000, it's too much. 10,000, too much. So before it was 10 Israelites to 135 Midianites, but now it was three Israelites to 320 Midianites. I, I had to do the math. I had to like figure out, so what is this now? For every one Israelite, there were 107 Midianites. Okay, that's overwhelming, right? That's, those are crazy numbers. God will definitely get all the glory. Verse 9, as we continue that same night, the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with your servant, and you shall hear what they say. And afterward, your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. And he went down with Purah, his servant, to the outposts of the armed men who were in the camp. Let's stop there. <laughs> I, again, I, I love this. This shows God's patience with Gideon. That's what this shows. God told Gideon to attack now. That was verse 9, right? Go down now. I've given them into your hands. But, but Gideon, if, if you're still afraid, take Pura with you and go down and spy on them. God knew what they were going to hear. Say, listen, at this moment, they're all yours. They're done. But if you're afraid, go and hear. Go and hear how powerful the Lord is and what what I've even done up to this point in their camp. This is our wonderful God who is patient with us. This is an example of God's compassion. God knew that after they went and heard what was being said, that they would be encouraged. Their hands strengthened to do the work that God had ordained for them to do. God desires that we would be encouraged by what we hear. Perhaps even today, God has you here today to be encouraged. To be strengthened, for your hands to be strengthened. 
You see, God wanted them to be strengthened, to be encouraged, to be built up. And He wants us to see and hear and know who God is through His Word, that our hands would be strengthened to do His work with great confidence and humility because He desires to do it through us and in us. That's one of the things I, I also desire. God desires it. I, I desire what God desires. I desire that, that you, your hands would strength, be strengthened. Your heart would be strengthened and encouraged. You would be confident in the Lord. Confident in, in His Word. And so the Lord desired that of Gideon. You're still in fear, Gideon. I know, the 300. It just doesn't seem like enough, does it? What you have just doesn't seem like enough, right? We'll go and hear. Hear my faithfulness. You will be encouraged. And so God gave Gideon a choice, and Gideon took Purah and went down to spy on the Midianites. And let's see what happens. Verse 12, as we continue. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east lay along the valley like locusts in abundance, and their camels were without number as the sand that is on the seashore in abundance. When Gideon came, behold, a man was telling a dream to his comrade. And he said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. And behold, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian and came, came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and turned it upside down so that it, the tent lay flat. And his comrade answered, This is no other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has given into his hand Midian and all the camp. A cake of barley, uh, a loaf. Uh, um, it's not big. First of all, I want to make it very clear. Uh, the, the, the cake of barley, this, this loaf that is referred to in, in the Bible in these days, was a small uh, a cake or, or loaf. It was a miniature one. So it was not big. So that's what they were referring to, this dream. There was this small uh, cake of barley that will come rolling down. This miniature loaf. Number two, the poor would eat barley. So the barley, was, the barley bread or the barley loaf or the barley cake was associated with the poor. The poor ate this. Put these together in the dream that was being told about said that a very small and worthless and insignificant and even despised people will completely crush the Midianites. It has to be Israel. Is what their, their minds, that's what they were thinking. If this was your dream, oh, it has to be Gideon and his Lord. It has to be the God of the Israelites. That's it, because for them, they were very small, worthless, insignificant, and a despised people. And so at this point, Gideon heard all of this. And Gideon heard his name. Right? It was like, okay. So they're fearful of, of Gideon. And they're fearful of his Lord, of his God. This was amazing given what God had been telling him this whole time. From the time that he was threshing wheat in his father's winepress to the time that the Lord gave Gideon confirmations, including the moment God caused the army to be whittled down to 300. 
all the way through, the Lord had been telling Gideon, it is by your hand that I'm going to deliver. It is by your hand that I'm going to bring relief. It is by your hand all the way through. Isn't it amazing when God continually confirms what he's been telling you all along? He confirms it over and over again. One more, just one more time. Don't be upset, but I want one more confirmation along the way. I want to be encouraged. I forgot what you said yesterday. Can you please confirm it to me today? Oh, I know you told me just a moment ago. Can you do it just one more time? I need another confirmation, right? We're those type of people we are. We are there. That's what we do. But he's been telling you all along. You see, God desires to speak to each person in this manner. To do what he tells you to do. And then he'll tell you a little bit more. Just like this and then more. But you have to be faithful. To initially do what he's telling you to do. And when you're faithful with what he'll provide you. uh, When you're faithful to do what he's told you to do. Then he'll provide you with more. You see, we learn how to be good stewards. And even in this, though, we need to understand that the Lord told Gideon, go, you're going to hear a word of encouragement. You're going to be strengthened. And even in this, he was faithful to the Lord. God knew the fear that was in his heart, and he sent them. He said, go, go hear something. I, I have something set up for you. Just wait till you hear it. It's wonderful. So that was enough. Because in verse 15 it says, As soon as Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped. And he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has given the host of Midian into your hand. And he divided the 300 men into three companies and put trumpets into the hands of all of them in empty jars with torches inside the jars. And he said to them, Look at me and do likewise. When I come to the outskirts of the camp, do as I do. When I blow the trumpet... I and all who are with me then blow the trumpets also on every side of all the camp and shout for the glory for the Lord and for Gideon. So it was enough. That was it. Gideon was ready and he was set. Again, remember that it should have been enough for Gideon to hear God's voice and words and believe that the enemy was given into his hands. But it took the words and voice of the enemy to strengthen Gideon and help him to believe that it was true. Sometimes when we are doubtful, the Lord shows us his word coming true right before our very own eyes. We see it all around us. It's amazing. In the circumstances that surround us. And we have our faith built up. We gain confidence in the Lord. Just as it is written, just as you have said, Lord, it is coming about all around me. That's amazing. His word should be enough. But then again, he desires that we come to believe, and sometimes it's in demonstration through what is happening all around you in various situations. Just look around, pay attention, you'll see his word coming true all around you. Nonetheless, Gideon was encouraged. He told the 300 men that, uh, what had taken place, and, and then he worshipped God. He just offered up worship to the Lord. And he was ready to go. 
He then split the men into three companies and told them to take up jars, torches, and trumpets and to do as he does when he does it. Him and all the men that were with him. All the rest do the same. They were above the Midianites as they were in the Valley of Jezreel and they were on Mount Gilead by the hill of Moreh, as we have read. And it's amazing what takes place. But he was confident. At this point, I want to point out that he was confident. He was worshiping the Lord. You see, when, when we're at the point to where we're confident in the Lord, we believe him at his word. When we come in as a gathering all together, as the assembly comes together, and there are those who are confident, we are ready to worship. We are ready to lift up our hands, our hearts, and our voices to the Lord. Because we know, oh, you are true. You are faithful. You are worthy of my praise. You are everything. Man, Lord, everything that you have said has been true up to this point. It's, it's amazing. When the leader is confident, it rubs off on everyone else. Confidence is contagious just as fear is. Remember that. One builds up courage in action and the other discourages and paralyzes. You, you know, when you have someone in the group that is filled with fear, and you say, well, I don't know. I, I don't know if we can do this, you know. Just the odds seem overwhelming, you know, against us. And, you know, do we really have everything that we need? And, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you know what? Can you, like, step out for a moment? <laughs> don't, don't do that because you're going to spread fear, your fear to others. You're going to discourage them. You're going to paralyze them with fear. You're, you're going to get, bring them to a place of inactivity. No action whatsoever. You know, there's just too much going on. You know, your life and this and that. When you start making excuses for someone else, if I were in your shoes, I, I would completely withdraw and I wouldn't do this and I wouldn't do that. Oh, that, that is the voice of fear. That's what that is. That's, that's why I keep saying I, I, I love to surround myself with other men who are more confident and courageous and filled with more faith than I have because I need that. I want to be built up, and I know that the impact and the influence that they can have on others, we need to, be, we need to grow into that and be, be surrounded with people like that. So here is... This humble, confident leader who is now leading the men and saying, let's all gather together, it's time. The Lord has truly handed them into our hands, given them into our hands. Verse 19, So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch when they had just set the watch. And they blew the trumpets and smashed the jars that were in their hands. Then the 300 companies blew the trumpets and broke the jars. They held in their left hands the torches and in their right hands the trumpets to blow. And they cried out, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Every man stood in his place around the camp and all the army ran. They cried out and fled. When they blew the 300 trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his comrade and against all the army. And the army fled as far as Beshetah toward Zerah. And as far as the border of Abel-Meholah by Tabath, 
And the men of Israel were called out from Naphtali and from Asher and from all Manasseh, and they pursued after Midian. The element of surprise. God had already struck fear in the heart of the enemy. And when they woke up in the middle of the night, they were met with the sound of jars breaking, trumpets sounding, and torches blazing, surrounding them, and cries coming from all directions. That's what they woke up to. And what did they hear? In the midst of all of that, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. It's the very thing that you had dreamed. Perhaps that man that was filled with fear wanted to spread it all around the camp. And he told everyone he could about this dream. Spread it all around. That's good in the camp of the enemy. Spread it all around. You have no idea who the Lord is. Well, spread it around. The Lord is the creator of the universe and he is all powerful. Spread it all around. Imagine 300 trumpets sounding at the same time, 300 voices and 300 torches lighting up the night. From below, the Lord made it seem to the Midianites like the enemy was descending on them in numbers that they had never experienced before. Many more than the 135,000 that were in their camp was descending upon them. And they were thrown into a frenzy. It was chaos. Gideon already knew that the Midianites were fearful of him and believed that God had given them into his hand. The Midianites were so confused that they were killing each other. And then they ran, but Israel chased after them. But there were others who also assembled to help at this point, men of Naphtali, Asher, and Manasseh, the tribes. And I don't think that these originally came out when Gideon called them, when he blew the trumpets and the battle call went out, the call to battle. But if others see the least of men with courage and enough to believe God and do what others believe is impossible and see the impossible done, they too are encouraged to join in at some point and help complete the work. That's what's awesome. Is like If the few just would stand up and do something, oh, how it encourages everyone else. Oh, they come out of the woodworks. It's like, oh, I see that the impossible is possible with God. Oh, the Lord is with you. Oh, amazing. I, I want to be a part of this. I want to experience this. I, I want to know these kinds of victories in the Lord. And they come out from everywhere. The Lord just sends them. That's what we see. These th- three tribes now are a part of this battle. They've now joined in. Remember that it went from 32,000 to 10,000 and now to 300. And these 300 are absolutely routing the Midianites, right? And is it really... The 300 that are doing anything but being faithful to the Lord, what he's called them to do? Have they lifted a sword at this point? Hardly, right? Perhaps to break the jars and hold them up and then blow the trumpet and then, yeah, to yell. They did, but it was after all that. They were simply being faithful to the Lord. You see the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the the others that came from the east, they they had killed each other as well. 
And now those that were left were running. And now others came to join in this battle. You are an influencer one way or another. Either to not do or to do. And it's up to you as to which one you are. If you're encouraged by what you see, and hopefully you are, you're, you're encouraged by what you see in the ministry here at Refuge. I, I desire that Refuge would be like the 300. That's what I, I desire. That's what I'd love to see. Is that we continue to build in strength. We, we know God's faithfulness, and we never believe that anything's impossible. Oh, that's just too much. Really, is it? I don't think so. From this little church, and, and this, is, this is what I'm encouraged by. From this little church, you know, we have gone down to Haiti. We've gone down to Mexico. We've, we've just done whatever it is that the Lord wants us to do. We've ministered to the city of Riverside, to those who are in need. We've gone out to minister to the homeless. We go out every month to minister to a small community, Cambridge Gardens, to those who are elderly and, and uh, are, are in need of just someone to come alongside. Now the Lord has opened up the opportunity for us to go and do a Bible study there. We have men's Bible studies throughout the city. We have women's Bible study. We have youth. And the Lord wants to do even more. I believe this is like Gideon's 300 <laughs> is the way I see it. It's like the Lord is doing all that. And I have it said to me. This is encouraging. I want to pass it along to all of you. All of that is happening within refuge? Yeah. Wow. That is truly amazing. And, th- and that, by the way, is from other pastors, from other churches. So I just want to say that you, you, you are an influencer. And I desire that this church would be the 300. That we would influence in that way. That we would encourage other brothers and sisters from other churches to do the very same thing. I want to encourage you to continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Knowing that the impossible is possible with the Lord. Verse 24 and 25, let's wrap up here. Verse 24 says, Gideon sent messengers throughout all the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and capture the waters against them as far as Beth Barah and also the Jordan. So all the men of Ephraim were called out, and they captured the waters as far as Beth Barah and also the Jordan. And they captured the two princes of Midian, Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb, and Zeb they killed at the winepress of Zeb. Uh, then they pursued Midian. And they brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon across the Jordan. We'll read more uh, next week. We'll study chapter 8, and we'll see how this all concludes. But at this point, Gideon called to people from all over to help capture and defeat the Midianites. Uh, they had fled, those that remained. Um, he had called other, others to come and help him out, and they did. And we see a wonderful victory. What a wonderful victory Gideon came to know. And I imagine there was great confidence in Gideon toward the Lord. In Gideon toward the Lord. And in that is what led the rest to also have confidence in the Lord. And so they went out. And all of the, what, was, what they were able to do was truly amazing. Was truly amazing. All glory to God. They weren't touching his glory. 300 of them were simply faithful and did what the Lord told them to do. 
and they routed a hundred. Just think about one hundred and thirty-five thousand Midianites with three hundred men. All glory to God. Three verses here, and I'll close up. Genesis eighteen fourteen says, "Is anything too hard for the Lord?" Jeremiah thirty two twenty seven, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? And these are the Lord's questions. We know the answer. Luke eighteen twenty seven. But he said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Father, we are thank you that the impossible is possible with you. I pray that we come to believe that that our confidence simply grows in you as we see your faithfulness in our own lives. I ask, Lord, that you would receive our praise, our worship, as we do trust in you. And Lord, just call out to us. May we hear the trumpet to go out and do the things that you desire for us to do. To have victory over darkness as we go out and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost world. May the blind come to see and know that you are the Lord, that you are salvation. That they would come to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. Walking in the newness of life and be welcomed into the family of God. And know a love for one another. And by, so, by, by that, know that we belong to you and be encouraged. And so, Father, we, again, are thankful for this time of study. We ask, Lord, that you would strengthen us, strengthen our ha- hands, and encourage us, encourage us, Lord, to do and to bless you with our very lives to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.